I'm your host, Sarita, along with my co-host, Dr. Sylvia Shipman. Welcome to a Burning Love Moment podcast. We will discuss topics associated with drug abuse and addiction, as well as assist individuals struggling with everyday life issues. This podcast is about helping you move from a place of shame and embarrassment to one of power and boldness through a relationship with God. Get ready to be equipped and empowered to take back control over your destiny. Welcome to a Burning Love Moment. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Life101Radio.net. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And I must tell you today, I had to say that because I had to encourage myself with that. I have to remember this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, sometimes we hear something that absolutely ticks us off and makes us mad. Yeah. You know what? It's okay to get mad. It's just the word of God says we're not supposed to sin. And I mean, you know, sometimes we hear some devastating, a devastating story of something awful happening to a person. And we just sit back and just be in awe of how could something so horrible could have happened to someone. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we're looking at today. You know, when Dr. Shipman and I first came to you with a burning love moment, we said that many issues would be discussed pertaining drug abuse, as well as helping individuals overcome the difficulties of life. And today we are focusing on a difficulty of life. We informed you that our guests on a burning love Moment podcast would share their stories and struggles with us so that you, the listeners, could be empowered to live your best lives. Mm-hmm. And also, we stated that the conversations will not always be comfortable. Well, today's topic is not a comfortable one for some people. And, um, but we know that someone out there is listening who's being silent about a hideous act or a violation that was committed against them. And you are silent because you're afraid. Someone is silent because you don't know where to go for help or you don't know who to trust. And if this is you, our guest for today can relate to how you are feeling. You know, one of my taglines for uh, a burning love moment a burning love outreach, I'm sorry, is that we speak out loud so others don't have to suffer in silence. Absolutely. Greetings, everyone. We hope that you are having a burning love moment to affect change in your life. 
Pastor Sarita and I want you to be free from the scars of life that have kept you bound, feeling shame, fearful, loneliness, uh, bitter, confused, unloved, and suicidal. This is the time to be made whole. I hope you are ready for a burning love moment. And in saying all that, we're going to move on. Let's have our disclosure. And that is our disclaimer. And that is we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are licensed ministers on a mandate from God Almighty to bless his people. Hallelujah. Yes. And we are excited about it. Father, we love you and we thank you for this amazing platform. Thank you for Life 101 Radio Network, Lord God, and all of its listeners. We praise you for them and their families and how you're transforming their lives and what you're doing through a burning love moment. Have your way. Let your will be done. Elify yourself in the lives of the people and all that you have called each and every vessel to walk in the fullness of wholeness of life. This we decree and declare now that your will be done, not our will, but your will be done. We glorify you and we thank you for the great outcome as our guests come and tell their story. This we pray and glorify you in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Hashir HaMashir, we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for that awesome prayer, Dr. Shipman. You know, today we'll be discussing rape and rape in the church. Our guest was raped several times, starting at the age of eight, first in the church, then in high school by a friend, and as an adult, by her pastor. Now, I want to make it clear, not her current pastor. This was some years ago, but it was her pastor at that time. And Dr. Shipman, I want to know, what, what are your thoughts about such a crime, especially when it has to do in with the church and with the pastor? You know, Pastor Sarita, when I hear heinous acts as such, it makes me furious. And I know you probably feel in the same way as many others. The house of God should be a safe haven. And you know that. Mm-hmm. However, most often it's the most highly rated place of evil crimes. Oh my goodness. Rape or any such evil acts shouldn't happen to anyone, especially in the house of God. We call the church. That's right. So often we put clergymen on pedestals. Okay, we all do it as though they can't do any wrong. Hmm. Well, you know what that means. We tell ourselves, certainly, if they preach and teach the word of God, (laughs) they must be worthy of my trust. That's Hmm. how we get so vulnerable in the house of God. However, we all must be reminded, and I, I get in all these conversations all the time when people start talking about pastors and leaders and they shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that. I always remind people, well, they are humans That's right. and they have flaws just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not making any excuse even when I make that statement, right. okay? I'm not making an excuse for priests, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, apostles, or any layman yes. you know, that represents God's work. Okay, mm-hmm. let's make that very clear. Right. Pastor Sarita and I are ordained to preach, teach, and live the word of God. That's right. The word of God reminds us that judgment will begin first in the house of God. And we're starting to see that. Mm-hmm. So if you see, hear, or discern something that's not right in the house of God, please say something. Do yeah. something. It's time that we stop keeping church secrets. 
If you can't trust the people of God, who can you trust, Pastor Serena? Trust in God Almighty. Mm -hmm. Put all your trust in him and he would never fail you. Hold on to your seat. You want to hear the story of our next guest. Hallelujah. So in saying Mm. all of that, we won't further ado our time in introducing you to our guests. Please call, text, email, FaceTime, anyone you feel should be listening to this podcast. All right? We'll be right back with our amazing guests. Do you feel like you're in the boxing ring of life battling addictions such as drugs or alcohol? Are you struggling and barely holding it together? Listen to A Burning Love Moment every Monday on Life101.net with host Pastor Sarita Jones and co-host Dr. Sylvia Shipman. This podcast addresses many issues associated with drug abuse and addictions while helping you overcome the darkness and despairing your life. With encouragement and guidance, you'll be able to break the chains of addictions and strongholds like never before by reshaping your mindset and transforming your life. Get ready to be empowered to take back control over your destiny with a burn in love moment. For the best custom-made jewelry that showcases style and elegance, check out Ken's Jewelry at Morningside Avenue, Scarborough, Ontario. We specialize in modern, contemporary, and vintage styles. All of our designs are crafted with passion, using the most exquisite gemstones and diamonds. Jewelry has no boundaries, so if you can think it, we can make it. Check out Ken's Jewelry at Morningside Avenue, Scarborough. Call us at 416-293-7181. That's 416-293-7181. Ken's Jewelry. Welcome back to a burning love moment on life101radio.net. Well, the woman of God, our special guest is known as the chillologist. Yes. Let me tell you something. If ever I want to laugh, I'll just go to her Facebook page because I know she got something on there that's going to bring a smile to my face and laughter to my heart. You know, um, it's, it's just amazing to hear her journey and what she's gone through and to see where she is right now. You know, when she was growing up as a child, it was seen that there was a prophetic gift in her and she could acknowledge things before it even took place, before they happened. Her father was a bishop, her grandfather built the church and needless to say, she grew up in the church. She Uh was there all the time. Her family was well known amongst the saints, but this is where her pain started Mm. in the church. She endured hurt that no child should ever have to experience. But today God has healed and freed her of those pains. And she is a mother and a grandmother. She can laugh with freedom and liberty. Elder Elisa Cody, we welcome you to a burning love moment. 
Well, thank you so very much, pastors. I appreciate you both so much for the opportunity to be here with you both. I tell you, it's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you all. And I'm so excited that I have an opportunity to share my story and help someone else. Yes, yes. And we're we're just as excited and we thank you for accepting our invitation. You know, this is Elder Elisa's story. This is her truth, what you're about to hear tonight, um, today. And we are not here to judge anyone, but we are here to listen and to encourage someone who may be dealing with the same type of pain. And Elder Lisa, how do you feel about speaking your truth? Personally, I feel like it's an opportunity to help someone. And so when telling your truth from the perspective and the lenses that you see them in, I, I've understood that it may not go over well with everyone, mm-hmm. but it's the freedom that God has given me mm-hmm. and it's my liberty. It's my right to tell the truth about my life story so someone else can be blessed. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we understand that. And even as a child, you had this prophetic gift. A smart mouth, of course, came with that prophetic gift. Because you knew what was what was being said, right or wrong, you knew what was going on. You had a seeing eye from the Lord. All right, but yet you were told that you were too friendly. You smiled too much and so forth and so on. Your mom was more concerned about the status of how you know, the family look and all of that versus what you were really experiencing. Can you tell us about from that moment on how things started happening and take us into your journey? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for that. Um, It was a difficult part of my life because I was friendly. I was goofy. I was fun. Um, A lot of the ways that I act now, um, I often categorize myself with Michael Jackson because Mm when people would question his maturity or why he would do certain things, mm-hmm. I often would say he didn't have a real childhood. Mm-hmm. And I knew that because I didn't have a real childhood. So when, when I look back over life, a lot of the things that now are very apparent about me, I didn't always like that about myself and people didn't always receive that about me. Mm-hmm. And so it always made me feel like, I had to be a certain way around a certain people in order for people to like me, to love me. And it was painful because when you can't be yourself, then who are you being really? And it also makes your mind believe I can never be me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's so touching for a young child to have to experience or anyone to have to experience. And we know, um, you know, like you said, there was a prophetic gift that was seen in you as a kid. Tell us about that. Being able to see things that you can't tell anybody else, or Mm -hmm. when you do say it, uh, she done been here before. And we've all heard people use that phrase. Mm -hmm. child you could tell she done been here before well what what makes you say that mm-hmm. and so again I often use the term my family was church they weren't always spiritual mm-hmm. okay because if you would have understood the spiritual side of me then someone should have nurtured that side of me instead of trying to shut that side down so when you so say- I end up growing up in a mm-hmm. no go ahead we, go ahead and finish your statement 
it, it just makes it difficult when you don't have anyone to talk to. And so you often find yourself sitting in a secluded area, even though you're around a crowd of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you're, you're saying that you went to church, your family went to church, but that was the fasana that you projected. But uh, where, 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 where did the shift change in your life that things start to spare in your life at a young age? When, what, how did that transpire and began in your life? Well, the spiraling began, and I'm glad you used the word spiral, because a lot of people think all of a sudden you just have a train wreck. Mm-hmm. So spiraling makes a lot more sense when mm-hmm. you start. So when you can notice certain things about a person and you don't know why you noticed that, and that was that prophetic gifting that I understand now is more of a discernment mm-hmm. um, that comes along with this prophetic. I, um, why he look at me like that? Why he always, why he always moving when I'm moving? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it began to, I would be friendly with people because I never wanted people to feel like I felt, but that was the part about myself, that friendly personality I had that made me drop my guard. Mm. And so where I probably should have been more attentive or maybe because I'm eight or nine years old, some adults should have been attentive. Mm-hmm. I found myself in a back wall your back is up against the wall your mind is troubled because why why are they doing me like this Mm -hmm. why they why they why they extra friendly with me Mm -hmm. um and again now my mother told me your smile gonna get you in trouble Mm. and so for years I stopped smiling because I felt like this part of my life was a, a contributing factor to my smile my friendliness Mm-hmm. my willingness to befriend people. And so um, the spiral started just being friendly, just being me. Yeah. Um, and so you, you people take to you, but everybody's intentions aren't right for coming in your circle, being a part of your life. And um, again, that was part of the explosion to the, the negative spiral that happened in my life. Um, if, that, if that kind of brings us to that right point. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So continue continue on that journey with us and tell us what started happening to you at that point in your life. Yes, ma'am. Like I said, I was around eight or nine years old. Um, I had a family member of ours were were dating this man and he was much older than she was. And he was a deacon in the church and would just always come to the church. And of course he's dating her. So what's suspect about that? Mm-hmm. and um he just took an interest to me he, he, but every time I went to the bathroom he went to the bathroom every mm-hmm. time I made a move he made a move and he would always say I'm gonna make you a woman mm-hmm. well what is that supposed to mean um eight or nine year old kid right a kid what right. is that supposed Every time to be? he starts saying that, are you in the church? Are you at home? What, where is this I'm at place? the church. At the church. Okay. Because that would be the only time I would really see him because uh, from where I lived to, my mother was very overprotective. Now, I know this might seem oxymoron, but my mm-hmm. mother was very overprotective in one sense mm-hmm. and very relaxed in the church sense. Mm-hmm. So as long as you, and like you all said earlier, as long as you're in that safe haven, mm-hmm. it's as if all guards are down. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. we're in we're at the church we're in the safe haven which is where you're supposed to feel that way um and so we would only really see each other at the church 
until mm -hmm. I got a little older. But at the church, you're whispering in my ear, you're cornering me in the, you know, on my way to the bathroom, you're cornering me, you're, you're, you're talking to me in a sense of you're just beautiful, you know, giving you that attention. Mm -hmm. and, and I was such a tomboy to, uh, I used to mess up my clothes just so I didn't have the well dress. And <laughs> <laughs> my mother had to bring a suitcase of clothes to the church because I didn't like wearing dresses. Still don't care for them, but I like I like what I look like now. So may God be with us until we meet again. Yeah. And so, uh, um, but in that, when you find yourself as a child, you got on tights, you got on a little ruffled dresses. You're not provocative. Mm -hmm. Especially like these, some of the 89 years old we see now. Right. There was nothing provocative. There was nothing. I wasn't fully developed. Mm -hmm. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, and so it went from touching to, to catching me coming out of the bathroom to have you ever felt something like this before mm -hmm. here just touch it it ain't gonna hurt you mm -hmm. so I can remember the first I'm talking about at 43 years old I can remember the first time he made himself release in my clothes mm. I can still go back to the moment that happened mm. and feeling so dirty and filthy I'm talking you talk about now we're talking nine or ten right that I've got this grown man expressing himself in this sexual manner uh, to me uh, as a child yes right well well by the time that he first allowed himself to release in me because at first it was just the touching it was just mm -hmm. the feeling you know so we talk about a year of, of really trying to work me down mm -hmm. so we talk about between nine and ten you fully done pulled yourself out you're fully making yourself do stuff that i don't even know what's going on as a right. child right but hmm. the fear of if you tell somebody, I'm going to deny it. Right. I was going to ask you, did he, and, and, did he whisper those things in your ear to make sure you don't tell anyone? Yes, ma'am. Yes. yes yeah. All this taking place in the church, but there's no one around. Nobody. Speaking in tongues, shouting, flipping over the benches. And, and it's only the only thing that's separating us from the sanctuary is a wall. Mm. There's not another building. It's not like we had an outhouse. We talk about a simple petition of a wall, and that's it. You know, this this your story just really has me speechless um, because. I just can't imagine that happening, but I know it it, it does. And, and um, I was sharing with Dr. Shipman, I had a family member, um, a pastor approached her and asked if he could squeeze her breasts. And when it was exposed to his bishop, what he had done, the bishop said, are you sure that really happened? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you sure that really happened? So you you endured all of this as a young girl being touched, being physically raped because you, this person literally had penetrated intercourse. Yes, penetrated with you um, at such a young age and you didn't tell anyone. Didn't tell a soul. You didn't tell a soul. My, my, my. So this goes on. You get saved at the age of 14, right? Yes, ma'am. You gave your life to the Lord and you still kept this secret to yourself. Yes, ma'am. 
Dr. Shipman, what you got to say about that? <laughs> well, first of all, I love the slogan, you know, you do not have to keep silence any longer. It's time now that we do not keep these secrets. It's too much. It's so many layers of secret after secret after secret. And you do not have to be in this type of pain because mm -hmm. when you hold this pain in, it takes you on another path. Even though you're in church, even though you're walking in your calling as she was saved at 14, but yet there is still some healing need to take place because the fullness of, of wholeness of life is not there mm -hmm. because you're holding this secret, you're holding these scars and so forth and so on. So do not be fearful of anyone that is not uh, respecting you in the manner that you should. Be not Amen. afraid to be able to tell someone that this is not right. You keep saying it till you get the right person that's going to act on your behalf because Amen. she did not have that. And she's going to tell us a little bit more about that when these activities continue to occur. What do you say, Pastor Sarita? I was just going to ask her, when did this stop? Because we, we yeah. got to touch on three different right. ones that, that took right. place. When did this particular um, person stop those acts? I would say probably around the time I turned 12 mm -hmm. um, because they had gotten married. Mm -hmm. They had their first child and kind of drifted off to the church that he was a part of. Okay. And so, so that kind of gave me that, that cut off. Right. You weren't around him anymore. Okay. So that one ended. At the age of 14, you gave your life to the Lord. Now you're in high school. What happened in high school in your junior year? Junior year of high school, um, I was one of them kids. I like to lift weights. I played basketball. Um, I was in ROTC, so military was going to be my path. So I'm working on this physical body. Mm -hmm. And after school, waiting on the um, activity bus, I'm, I'm on the bench press, and all of a sudden... This, this person who I've been knowing for the last three years now is standing over me. And he said, you know, I've been wanting you. I'm like, wanting me for what? Oh, I'm going to get that. And now, as much as I thought I was strong, mm -hmm. I realized that day when a man wants what he wants, he'll move the world to get it. Yes. And that's where I tell people you. I don't care how friendly you get with people. I don't care how no longer you've known them. Don't ever put yourself in a compromising position where you got to fight because mm -hmm. I promise you, their power will overpower you when there's a demonic force behind what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you this man took full advantage of me and just pretty much, I mean, did what he did. Uh, four months later, I got sick. And I told him, I said, and again, another time I don't say anything, I'm going to bring this up. I didn't say anything because this is my friend mm -hmm. and what the world just happened. And it takes me back to my childhood. This is why you got to say something from the get go, because it took me back to my childhood. And I kind of mm -hmm. just secluded myself. Yeah. It was right before Christmas break and right before spring break is when I found out I was pregnant. Oh my goodness. From this. So here it is. From the second rape. From the second rape, yes, ma'am. So a child was rape. produced from this rape and you had the baby. Had the baby. 
So what, what's going on in your family? What's happening there when this takes place? Because you said you were silent. So, so the day my, my mom like, okay, we're going to take you to the doctor. You're going to the doctor. We're going to find out what's wrong with you. Your cycle hasn't come on. What's the matter with you? You've been sick. And I was one of the kids who didn't get sick except a summer cold. That was the most. Okay. So when I get sick, she was like, uh uh-uh, we're taking her to the hospital, the doctor, wherever I went. And honey, my mom faints. <laughs> she passes out. What? You what? I hear her screaming from the other room because I'm a minor <laughs> still now. You right. gotta remember this. I'm a minor, and my father's the bishop at this yes. point. So you got to think, my mother is like, you done ruined our family. Your daddy not going to be able to preach nowhere no more. Who's going to listen to him and his daughter that got pregnant? You out here being fast. And I'm like, no, I what? You know what? Forget it. Because now everything she's told me as a child is flooding back to, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been friendly. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been nice. I should have just been hateful and mean like I want to be. Because doggone it, where has this gotten me? Abused? Right. Raped, molested, jacked up. Now, now pregnant, right when I get ready to sign up for the military because I was going to go in at 17. Right. So, okay. So this is your second go round. Your friends are abandoning you. Everybody's talking about you in high school, but eventually you quit high school, right? Yes. You got your GED and you were able to go into the military. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So you go into the military, you come back home. Take us into this third situation that you encountered. Come home, do exactly what I've been taught to do all my life. Church. (laughs) Church is what I know. Church is what I love. Church is what I've been grown to do. And so um, I'm serving. Uh, I'm an administrator at the church. Um, We have a revival. And I leave the church with some church books that the pastor says he needs. And when the pastor asked me to bring them back, of course, who? Okay, pastor needs the books. I'm bringing the books back. Mm-hmm. Well, we ain't at the church no more. Bring them over here to where the preacher's staying at. And they were family members by marriage. Mm-hmm. And I get there and it's come on in. We just need to check something. I'm just oblivious. I'm just being me. Okay, cool. Who would have suspected anything for to happen wrong with your actual leader? Yes. This is the man you've submitted yourself to. This is the church you attend. You're faithful to this ministry. You work and you serve. And then it's the push on the bed. And it's the, they both take advantage of me. And one holds me down while the other one has sex with me. So you're saying two ministers took advantage of you at one time. One of them is related to you yes, by, mar- by marriage. Is that what you're telling them? No, no. No, no the, 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 those two were related by marriage. Oh, by marriage. Okay. Two pastors. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But one is my actual pastor, my leader, mm-hmm. right. the shepherd of the mm-hmm. flock that I serve in. Mm-hmm. And at this time, I'm grown. So right. I say something. I go to the church and I say, this happened. We'll check on it. Be quiet. Shh, don't mm-hmm. say nothing. We'll mm-hmm. get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we'll find out what's going on and nothing ever materializes of it. 
So nobody did anything. You went, you told, this is the one time, the third time that you have been violated in this way. And not only violated, but you have been violated by your pastor at that point and another pastor who's there running the revival. And nobody escalates this. See, this makes you think you can't trust anyone. It lets you know you can't. You, you really have to be very, very careful with your children. And not. And we want to make this clear. It's not just females that this happens to. It happens to males as well. Absolutely. Um, and when you see an act like this, Pastor Sarita, this behavior is not the first time. When you right. bluntly, openly do these type of heinous acts, you don't got comfortable mm -hmm. doing these type of behaviors. Mm -hmm. And you must... Again, walk in discernment. We all have that gift of discernment, just like she said, even at a young age. You know, uh, uh, Minister Alicia said, I had the, the prophetic gift and discernment. We have to use these gifts because they're there and not be afraid to say, wait a minute, something's not right. I got to check here. Something's not right. Mm -hmm. I do apologize for anyone that have uh, experience these heinous acts in the body of Christ, in the church, in the house of God, in any fashion, because it ought not to be. Please continue your story, uh, Minister yes. uh, Alicia. Um, at this time, it's like another deafening blow. Mm -hmm. You just kind of live. You kind of just... Okay. Did you continue Maybe going it, to this church? I did. I did. I went to this church. I kept going because now I feel like why give you the power that you you took from me mm -hmm. why give it to you at some point I'm standing up against you uh -huh. and it was a few years later that he advanced me again mm -hmm. and we, we almost get into this whole fight we almost get into this major situation we're at a conference you know, ain't nothing happened lately. Everybody's on their own path. Everybody's doing everything. And the Lord reveals mm -hmm. to one of the elders in the church. And I remember him very distinctly while he was preaching. He started walking in my way. He said, Lord, uh-uh, don't show me that. Don't tell me that. Lord, don't tell me that. And in my mind, all I could think was, Lord, please don't tell them that. Mm -hmm. Lord, please don't. Because I don't want to deal with it anymore. So Nobody cares. Let, let, let me just say, so this is someone who's at a conference preaching and God discerns to him what has taken place. Okay, keep on talking. Come on. Yes, ma'am. Um, and I promise you, it was the most terrifying moment, but it was the most relieving moment. Because mm. now I know that God, you're getting ready to do what you promised me. Mm -hmm. I know that I haven't held my peace all this time for nothing. Mm -hmm. And not that I was, and you know, sometimes I think victims feel like I don't want to destroy their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to make them the bad person, but no, they've already done that. They, they've yeah. done a good job of that. So you now stop protecting yourself to protect someone else's image. And I want to tell someone tonight, don't put yourself on the back burner to protect those who violated you. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve that. Exactly. And so. At this moment, he said, I need to talk to you after service. And we did. We talked. And he starts to do an investigation in the church and find out that people are like, oh, yeah, well, we could tell. We could tell something wasn't right. Y'all didn't do nothing. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
that next week, we, we meet up at the church. He tells me, I need you to meet me there at a certain time. And I meet there, and the pastor calls the up. Now, the pastor calls the other pastor who was there from the get-go a few years ago. And he says, hey, yeah. bro, that's between you and your people. And hangs up the phone. Don't call me no more with that. So hmm. at this moment, I'm silenced in the church. The restrictions are, you know, we can't do this. We can't do this. All geared towards shutting me down. Right. Because now this has been exposed, but to what extent has it been exposed? Mm-hmm. Um, it causes a big rip. It causes a, a, a major shift in, within the within that church. But at this point, again, I'm just a silent voice. Okay. So what's what's taking place? I mean, they, they silenced you. Was it ever revealed that this has happened to other people? Yes, ma'am. He he. Uh, the, this pastor actually has a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Shuts down his ministry. Um, moves away, and th- repeats the same cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. this time get somebody pregnant. Mm-hmm. So now there's no uh, denying it. Mm-hmm. Then you turn around and mess with one of your other family members, fiance. Using the same tactics. Mm-hmm. You can trust me, come in. I got your back, serve here. I got you, I'm covering you. And then boom. So now it's people coming to me saying, oh my God, we're so sorry. Mm-hmm. You were but now me. I'm to the point where, okay, well, it doesn't it didn't happen. But I just wish somebody would have listened to me earlier so no one else would have had to live this hell this this torture this torment because one thing i i recognize and even after um having this discussion previously when your mind has been wrapped up for so long behind an incident Mm -hmm. the only unraveling you get is when you get to vocalize how all this made you really feel Mm-hmm. and I advocate go get some counseling go mm-hmm. get you some friends you can talk to that ain't gonna throw this up in your face ain't gonna treat you so different I know ain't is not the proper word to use and I apologize but I got to be real with you who ain't gonna crucify you when you've already been murdered right mm-hmm. right now now through all of these heinous events that took place with you through these rapes how did this affect you in other relationship how did this how did you find comfort? Did this, you know, emotionally scar you in relationship with men? How I did hate this it. I hated men. I hated the idea of being with a man. Um, even when I tried to get in relationships, it would be cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about cold to the point where, boy, don't put your hands on me. I will slap fire at you. But wait a second, that's what couples do. Okay, then that means I don't want to be a couple. Because it warps your mindset and perception that I can no longer trust this this gender, mm-hmm. which in turns, because there's a desire for you to be in a relationship, you turn to the opposite gender or the same gender you're already with. For mm-hmm. some people, I'm going to say it this way. Let me say it the way I've always said it. For some people, either you turn to the same gender or you become very promiscuous. That's correct. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of the two. You're going to go one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. And, or you're just going to shut down all together and just, be, and just be in your own head and not be able to talk or, or function properly. Right. right. 
So in your case, what happened with you? Um, I, I asked the Lord, and I'm going to tell y'all my honest prayer. I said, Lord, just take your hands off of me because mm. I don't want to do this. I really want to just be who I want to be. And it seemed like everybody was happy who was in a same-sex relationship. So mm -hmm. I was like, I just want I just want to start talking to a female. And it happened. And I wouldn't like to nobody. I'm not going to say that was, I would never tell anybody I was born that way. That was God's will for my life. No, it wasn't. But mm -hmm. I know my request was, God, just let me do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Because you knew, you knew God's hands was on you. You knew God had ordained you for this work to be a servant of his. But it sounds like you're saying you wanted God to take his hands off of you so that you could be free to, to live the life that you knew he wasn't going to approve of. Yes, ma'am. And okay. I wanted him to take a nap. I wanted yes. him to take a nap and, and get some hot chocolate and go to sleep for a few days and uh, <laughs> let me be who I wanted to be. But he was staying awake. He is not going to sleep, y'all. He's going to wait. He's going to be right woke. He's going to be right woke. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So it, it's sort of like um, you wanted to be who you wanted to be. You kind of thought you were going to be free in that type of relationship. And let us know how, how that worked out for you. Oh, Lord of mercy. I mean, I was scared to sleep. I thought if I didn't go to sleep, the Lord wasn't going to come back. And I don't know why I thought that because I kept falling asleep at some point. But uh, it was, it was, I could say that was the longest lasting relationship I had because the old adage, a woman knows what it takes to please a woman is mm -hmm. true in some small portion. Mm -hmm. And when I say small portion, for me, it was real small. And um. I just, I know I don't like to argue. I don't like when people raise their voice. I don't like to be in altercations. Mm -hmm. um, and the woman that I was with, she was just really, you know, she had a mean streak, but it wasn't towards me at first. Mm -hmm. So I kind of settled into the relationship. Um, but, but me being a workaholic, I really had a lot more on my plate to keep me from focusing on the relationship which caused me to get cheated on. Yeah. So you really wasn't um, adapting to this lifestyle. It was a homosexual lifestyle. Right? Yeah. You, you yeah, weren't. I adapting. couldn't adapt at all. Okay. So you knew that wasn't for you really. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. So, so would, would I be correct to say you didn't enjoy it? I did not. Okay. I enjoy, I'm going to say the part that I did enjoy was just peaceful side of the 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 peaceful side of I ain't got to worry about you jumping on me I ain't got to worry about you mm -hmm. snatching me in the middle of the night I felt some sort of comfort that I didn't get period okay mm -hmm. I'm sorry. so at this point you began to uh, then knowing hey this is not for me I need to do it the right way and did you at that point began to go into a marriage i went into a marriage mm -hmm. my first marriage was to a pastor and which don't make anything any better <laughs> that last four, that last four whole months honey child let me tell you something okay i get out of there look I, i'm worse than a bad relationship i would skate out of there before you can blink twice you know I mean? <laughs> Okay, so that marriage didn't work. Now you go into your what? What happens next after that first marriage? 
I get into another relationship with a female uh-huh. and uh, that relationship lasts longer than the marriage did. <laughs> and uh, again, it's the torment. And I'll tell people, if you're really called by God and you're chosen by God, you don't get to shut off that part of your life because you're choosing to do something else. Mm-hmm. Unless God has turned you over to a reprobate mind and I don't want to know what that is like. Um, yeah. I I don't know what it's like to not hear God. I don't mm. know what it's not like not to feel God's presence. But I'm so stubborn and and, and very hard hearted towards being hip hip being a hypocrite mm. to the point where I was like, if I felt the presence of God, I'm dropping the mic and walking off because I don't want God to think He can t- kill me tonight. Mm. Not after I mean I mean I am already in a, in an abomination. Can we can we at least not play with God at the same time? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So that it lasted, but it wasn't a. I could if I can't be out in pl- public with you, and we can't hold hands. It ain't really a relationship. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. We just really roommates, and that's kind of what I got called. You just really my little roommate. Well, I'm paying my bills, <laughs> but um, it 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 was it was it's always been the flip flop mindset of, and the Bible tells us this way: a double minded man is unstable in all their ways. Right. And so when when you're trying to live in this natural world, but you're really a spiritual being, you fight with trying to be natural when you're really spiritual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I had to come to the conclusion that enemy knows more about me than I know about myself. Now I got to figure out who I really am. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, you decide, well, I might as well stop this foolishness, huh? And then what do you do? Got to cut it at. I get married again, child. Don't, don't ask me why I did it that time, man, child. All the flags was red. The, the light was red. The clothes was red. And I still did that dumb jump. But uh, in that, I did learn something about myself. Um, well, let, let me say how this marriage worked out. Um, we got married. My ex-husband asked me to put him on my social media page. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And I promise you that same night, my phone was buzzing and ringing. Oh, all your boyfriends know you're married now. Boy, I was single when I met you because I was trying to get out of this whole relationship with this old female over here and trying to get myself out of it, out of it, you know, that mindset. And y'all, I get a a message on my phone and this young lady shows me, sends me a FDLE, Federal Department of Law Enforcement photo of my current husband at that moment oh my goodness and the photo is uh the same shirt he was wearing in that photo is the same shirt we, he had on when i first met him so mm. i knew it was no denying who it was and when i read the charges my heart dropped oh my goodness because my, the my, very my. thing that i've experienced is the very thing he's been in prison for Wow. Jeez. This, 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 you know what, your story is, is just so awesome. We have to take a break, but we're going to come back and we want to hear your healing process, how you began to heal from all this hurt. Please don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you know what it feels like to lose everything, feeling a life of hopelessness? Are you determined and ready to rebuild your life but do not know where to start? Dr. Sylvia Shipman, 
is a life recovery coach and counselor and minister with successful years of experience helping others activate the power of God within them. With her enlightenment and guidance, you will be able to overcome the grip of addiction like never before and begin to reshape your mind and transform your life. For your one-on-one -on -one consultation, please visit her website, DrSiviaShipman.com. You can also find her on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. With your ongoing contributions, this ministry will be able to reach many who are now suffering. Please become a partner with us, changing and shaping lives one mind at a time. This is your jubilee into your new destiny. Visit her today. Do you have a business to promote? Sign up now for the TLC Business Directory. Send an email to info at the lakesidechurch.ca Fill in your business information and you're all set. Get the word out and increase your clientele. Sign up today. Welcome back. Everyone, I know you are enjoying Minister Alisa's story. I am thrilled about what she's sharing right now. We hope you are finding this conversation with our special guests. We hope that it is helping you to some degree and maybe even enlightening. Mm -hmm. For those who may be just joining us, Minister Alisa is sharing how she endured the terrible pain of being raped, raped by her pastor, or should we say pastors, and raped by a friend. Now, you definitely want to hear the remaining of this story. Now, take us from the point that now you recognize He's been to prison for the very thing that you have endured in your life. What is happening now with you? What is going on with you now, Minister Elisa? Um, at this point, I begin to say, and honestly, to think back to that moment, I got my children here, and then I got to be protective of myself. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Mm -hmm. And it's a fight because he's very strong-willed and he's very uh, uh, strong. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. But I prayed and I believed God that, oh, no, this won't happen to me again. Yeah, This is mm -hmm. not going to happen to me again. When God gave me a way of escape, I took that way of escape. Mm -hmm. I, I properly did what I needed to do to get out of this marriage. I made sure that I understood um, and God had gave me a, a knowledge that there was more extracurricular activities going on with my husband at the time. Mm -hmm. And I only asked God one thing. If it's me, correct me. If it's him, show me. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you, when you get serious with God, mm -hmm. he, will, he will do that very thing in your life. And when God brought it to my doorstep, what was going on, and I had the valid proof. I was relieved of that. But now comes the process of how do I break this cycle? Right, right. Because I don't want to continue doing what I know isn't working. And mm -hmm. I don't want to continue to do what won't work. Right. What isn't working is marrying people just because you're trying to get out of one situation. And mm -hmm. what isn't, what wasn't going to work for me is continuing to try to find someone to pacify this need for love, yeah. which were the women. Yeah. 
And I made it up in my mind. I said, God, okay, you clearly ain't going to sleep and you're clearly not going to take your hand off of me for good. So I got to surrender. Um, yeah. And I began to talk to people I can trust. Mm -hmm. Seek godly counsel. Seek yes. help from women who want to see you grow. I began to, to get around people who saw the best in me. Mm -hmm. I agree with Marvin Seth. I, I, I started talking to people and honestly saying, not only will my story help others long distance, but my story is going to help people right here. Because if I discern something that's going on, if I see something, mm -hmm. hey, what has happened to push you this way? So mm -hmm. a ministry became more imperative to me in the sense of you are ministry. Yes. Yes. Everything about you is ministry. Not you got to have a pulpit, not you got to have, but just because God will put you in the right place. Thank God for you, women of God, we will put you in the right place where, listen, your story will help more people because you know that your facts is going to be somebody else's truth. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it, because it, you're it, not ashamed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's so true. And, and um, what you're saying, people need to hear this. Folks think that um, we Christians, you know, haven't been through anything. We haven't had a mess that God actually turned into a message, but we have to speak out loud so others will not have to suffer in silence anymore. You suffered in silence. You were raped three times, two times you didn't even say anything. And then the third time when you revealed it, it was swept under the rug like it really didn't happen. So what are what are some of the signs that you would recommend for people to be on the lookout for with their children that some type of molestation or rape could be taking place? Because you said you were a happy child, you were you were fun loving, you like to have fun. Just tell name some things because I know we have to wrap up. This hour goes by so fast, but just what are some things that people need to be on the lookout for in, in children that they may be being violated. I appreciate you bringing this part up because a lot of people don't want to hear this. Mm -hmm. But when you see a child's perspective, their attitude, their mentality just drop. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they were just as friendly as they can be. Now, when a person get around them, they jump. Mm -hmm. If they start getting jittery, I noticed this with even my own child. She had a moment. She was doing some, I mean, erotic response to her father what wait a minute what the hamburgers and french fries going on here mm -hmm. okay we're going to the we're going to the police department or the doctor's office somewhere because mm -hmm. i know what that looks like mm -hmm. right so when a person's attitude they were happy and friendly and just loving and want to hug everybody and all of a sudden they just want to stand off to themselves they want to sit in the car they don't want to be now now this generation might be a little different at some mm -hmm. point but they like to be anti-social but there's something significant about you that changes mm -hmm. or they become too friendly they mm -hmm. out there showing a body hey mr so-and-so uh-uh come here come here let me talk to you for a minute what's going on with you that's right that's right. We have to be cognizant that we all, our personalities prove who we really are. Mm -hmm. When yeah. your personality changes, I'm alerted to it immediately. I can walk up on you and be like, what's going on? You all right? I don't yeah. care if you're a grown woman. Are you okay? Right. And that's what you something has happened. You work with um, Epic 
right now, right? Which stands for Empowering Partners in Christ. You're very active in the church and, and what you're doing. And um, you have been freed and you have a liberty about you. You have re- accepted the calling that has been on your life. Is that a correct statement? Very correct. Yes, ma'am. You're embracing Very correct. it. I embraced it. And also when I notice, when the Lord shows me that this is a gifting in someone else, mm-hmm. I latch on. Now, if they allow me to, I don't really consider myself a midwife as much as probably other people could like the terminology. Mm-hmm. But if you got a gift in you and God shows it to me, honey, let me tell you so we're going to be best friends because I'm going to work hard with you because if I only had one person mm-hmm. yeah. to do for me what I want, want to do for other people and what I'm doing for other people, mm-hmm. my God, I don't know where I could have been at now, but it took somebody to go through this process. Glory to God, I feel this, my Hallelujah. God. So they can have an example because that's why I don't live any kind of erroneous living. I can talk, you call my phone anytime you want to because I want somebody to know, yes, you can live holy. Yes, you can live right. Yes, God can deliver you. Yes, God can save you. Yes, yes. God can reestablish you. Yes, God can restore you. And I promise you, your best life is yet to come. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You know, Elder um, Elisa, thank you for sharing your touching story man, we just didn't even have enough time to to deep dive into everything. But we thank all the listeners for listening to um, A Burning Love Moment on life101radio.net. I want you to know that our next guest will be Evangelist Admiral White. Right, she will be sharing her journey of living a homosexual lifestyle. You don't want to miss that episode. And if you or a loved one is in need of help, please reach out to someone. Do not try to do this on your own. Join a support group, um, you know, someone that you can trust. And also Burning Love Outreach and Dr. Sylvia Shipman, we are here to help you as well. Dr. Shipman, please let the listeners know how to contact you. Absolutely. For all your recovery support, other life concerns, don't know where to start. You're hearing this story, get help and need that extra support. Please visit our website. That's drsylviashipman.com. And you can contact us by telephone, 877-360-1177. You can like Dr. Sylvia Shipman on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to us on LinkedIn and connect with us on Clubhouse. We would love to have you partner with us by giving a donation to help us in addiction crisis by changing lives with quality care and commitment. Please go to our website, that's DrSylviaShipman.com and select Donate Now. Please. And for speaking engagements where I share how I overcame years of addiction to crack cocaine and having numerous warrants issued for my arrest, please visit our website at burningloveoutreach.org. You can comment on the page. You can submit a prayer request. You can give a testimony. And with your help, we can continue to reach those who are suffering from drug abuse and addiction. And you are personally invited to partner with us so that we can continue to reach the marginalized and please partner with us by giving either a one-time donation or become one of our monthly donors. You can like Burning Love Outreach on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on YouTube and LinkedIn. Elder Elisa, 
Um, do you have any last words for our listeners that you would like for them to take away from this podcast? Thank you again. I appreciate you both so very much. My final words to everyone is you deserve better than what somebody has given you. Your life matters. Your message matters. Your story matters. You matter. Yes. Do not live a life of complete obliviousness to who God has created you to be. And even if you don't believe in God and you don't serve the same God I serve, please know that you have purpose for your life. Mm -hmm. And all we want you to do is get free and stay free. Amen. Yes, yes. Father, we just thank and praise you for that one that's listening today that need healing and deliverance in these areas, Lord God, that only you can remove the scars and bring wholeness in the areas where they have been tortured by such violence, unwanted violence, Lord God, that only you can restore and uproot as though it never happened. We praise you, Lord God, that you would bring them into the fullness of your divine plan, purpose, and destiny. And Lord God, that you will bring and they will taste of the goodness of you, for you are the God that carried for that individual and all. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this story going forth to the listeners that they know that in you, they find wholeness of life. This we pray and glorify you in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Hashem HaMashiach, we pray. Amen. And remember, don't give in, don't give out, and don't give up. You wake up in the morning, you're not feeling right. Your will is gone, can't put up a fight. Take a Addiction and pain Don't know if you'll feel joy again Take a